We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast you can get all your pack a day updates by following us on twitter at pack a day podcast and remember to subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts, google play tune in stitcher or spotify and of course you can always check us out over at cheeseheadtv.com. My name is Andrew Mertig. I am back for another Friday edition podcast. Unfortunately, you're all stuck with me solo as Kyle is both under the weather and also dealing with the fallout of the Midwestern snowstorm. So hope all of you out there back in Wisconsin, the rest of the Midwest are safe, able to stay inside as much as possible and doing well. And, and a big shout out to Kyle. Uh, get well soon, buddy. Um, we'll, we'll see you back here next week. And for the listeners, my apologies, just Andrew. Uh, so we are uh, waiting, hoping, praying for some news regarding the Packers quarterback situation. But short of getting updated on Aaron Rodgers, I wanted to just continue our deep dive into the offseason. And specifically, there were two questions this week that popped into my head. Number one, where does this year's draft class rank in terms of the last four? And that, that was, I, I chose four because that's when I really started 
scouting and, and grading players seriously. So that's where I can get most of my historical data rather than just kind of remembering uh, where I had players ranked. And then number two, where did the best players at each position in the NFL come from? Like, are there truly college programs that have become like, quote unquote, football factories? The, the way that we would talk about like Georgia running backs or Wisconsin running backs, um, Penn State linebackers historically, Alabama defensive linemen. Like, do those kind of things still exist? And how different is it from position to position? So I wanted to get started. Quarterbacks, really easy place to start. Um, and like I said, I've been scouting since since 2020, or at least keeping track of my grades. Um, and I would just use my film grades here. Um, but going back, you know, the number one rated quarterback that I've had so far was back in 2021. That's Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he had a grade of 91 for me. Not too far behind him. Uh, back in 2020 was Joe Burrow at 88. So we can kind of say like... With a pretty, pretty much assuredly, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, most people would have them as their their top rated quarterbacks the last four years. That makes sense. Uh, coming in behind them, you, you got back in twenty twenty one. I had Justin Fields as an eighty six. We'll see how that one turns out long term. Um, and then coming in next are two twenty twenty three prospects. I of course big big time high on Will Levis. He has an eighty four grade, and then Bryce Young an eighty three. Those guys pretty pretty close uh, for me. And then I had 2020 Tua Tagovailoa uh, at an 81. Zach Wilson at 81. Oosh, uh, that one's not looking so great. Malik Willis in 2022 at an 81. Again, <laughs> maybe not right now. Well, well, we'll see how Malik's development goes, but certainly we, we didn't think he'd be ready year one. Didn't look like he was ready year one. Um, continued development there. Trey Lance, Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, and then just Coming in right in that range, I have Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud this year. Um, I did go down the list a little bit further. In 2020, I had Justin Herbert as 77. Certainly a bit of a miss there. Uh, Should have had that a lot higher, but... You know, um, there's some other big whiffs if you if you keep scrolling down. Jalen Hurts in 2020, uh, Jordan Love in 2020 had both of those guys pretty low at a 73 and a 72 grade. So, you know, in in hindsight, all of this wrapped up and together, Justin Herbert with a 77 grade grade seems rough, but he wasn't the easiest prospect to get a read on. He's a quiet leader, went to Oregon. Um, you know, and and then the range of outcomes for Herbert seemed pretty wide. He he had this cohort of people that felt like maybe he's a Matthew Stafford, a more athletic Matthew Stafford. Um, and then maybe people were concerned, you, you know, he had the bus factor, maybe like a Blaine Gabbard or Jake Locker. Um, that certainly was interesting to look back on. But, you know, I, I was kind of comparing my list to where Kyle has his quarterbacks listed and he goes Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, those those two guys sort of that top notch. And then Anthony Richardson will love us a little bit down. So kind of flipped with with mine, but historically sort of, you know, maybe not at that upper echelon of Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow, but kind of right in that next level, that that second tier. And then those other guys a little bit, you know, further down, sort of that mid to late first round kind of evaluation. Um, of course, we disagree on Will Levis. And if you want to hear Kyle and I fight about what we believe in Will Levis, you can go back to last Friday's episode. That was pretty fun to uh, listen to. But you know, what's interesting to me is that I think putting all these names from the last four drafts together allows you to see where this 2023 group of quarterbacks ranks. And I think it's a pretty good class. The names certainly are different if you look at Kyle's list, if you look at mine. But 
we would really we would put two of those prospects in our top five of the last four years so that is is really good and then there's another second tier of quarterbacks that are available as well so it probably is a really good year to take a swing at quarterback if you need to because elite prospects like burrow and lawrence don't come around that often but when you have a, a class with depth, it's going to give you more of an opportunity to get one of those guys without having to have the worst record in the league. Um, so I just wanted to transition over into the second part of this, which is where did these, where did the best players at these positions go to college? This activity almost scares me a little bit because it does put me at a little bit of risk of leaning into helmet scouting. And I hope people don't take it that way. But my goal was to take a look at the top like 10-ish players in the NFL at each position and determine like if there is a specific pattern and where they're coming from. Do big college programs develop the best running backs? Do you need to draft a quarterback from a big school so they have the proven that they can play under the big lights? As far as quarterbacks, I think we can take a look. Top 10, you have Patrick Mahomes, Texas Tech, Joe Burrow, LSU, Josh Allen, Wyoming, Tom Brady, Michigan, although he was the backup there, so that that's a, a little bit of a weird one. Justin Herbert, Oregon, Aaron Rodgers, Cal, coming from community, Butte Community College, in fact. Jalen Hurts, Oklahoma, originally committed to Alabama. Dak Prescott, Mississippi State, Matthew Stafford, Georgia, Kirk Cousins, Michigan State, Lamar Jackson, Louisville, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson, Derek Carr, Fresno State. And you could certainly squabble over who is on the list. I I genuinely don't care. You can interchange people. You know, there's Geno Smith, West Virginia, Jared Goff, Cal, Daniel Jones, Duke, Tua, Alabama, Kyler Murray, Oklahoma. The results end up pretty much the same, whoever from that list you want to swap out. Number one, there's not a single repeat of a college on the list. Number two, quarterbacks are typically not part of great college teams. Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow are the exceptions. There are a ton of transfers on the list. So guys that started at lower levels and moved up or players that maybe got outplayed by somebody else or the job was given to somebody else and then ended up transferring to finish their career at a different institution. So for me, the conclusions are two things. There are some big chips on the shoulders to make quarterbacks successful. Not getting recruited like Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers, getting benched like Tua, Tom Brady, Jalen Hurts, or getting written off as players who should switch positions like a Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. There's a spark that is going to drive these players. Number two, being surrounded by less talented players in college might actually be a benefit. Guys who had to carry their teams in college seem to develop into the most elite NFL quarterbacks. And then in addition, the top quarterback recruits don't often become stars in the NFL. If you look back on, you know, who was the number one overall recruit in the country, the top consensus quarterback they don't always turn into the star players. There are some examples of that, but I would say more often than not, quarterbacks are developing from lower levels. Um, And I I think, you know, this is interesting because we have two quarterbacks in the 2023 class who are coming from schools that have produced a lot of NFL prospects at quarterback. You know, you have Stroud at Ohio State, you have Young at Alabama. It's fascinating because it feels like we should almost grade those guys harder because everyone is looking for the next quarterback to come from those schools because they get the top recruits. They have incredible receiving weapons, great blocking. 
But I do think you can almost feel better about top prospects who don't come from those top schools because nobody is looking for them to be a top prospect. So nobody's expecting the next top quarterback to come from like a Wyoming, a Texas Tech. And in this class, no one is looking for the next superstar to come from like a Kentucky or a Florida. And I think that says a lot about what Levis and Richardson have shown on the field. They have, you know, maybe swam upstream in a sense like they've become top quarterback prospects by beating the odds. Um, So I I think that's interesting. Um, And just a look, a little little bit of a different look, where does this quarterback class fall uh, within the last four? And then also where are um, quarterbacks typically coming from? I think this helps us learn new things about the draft, helps us analyze what the Packers might do, but then in addition, some other teams. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So then I also wanted to cover running backs today. And again, I've been grading running backs since 2020. So I wanted to see where this year's draft class was going to stack up in the case of running backs. And it it starts out pretty hot because B. John Robinson is the number one graded running back on my scale uh, since 2020. And then coming in next, we have Travis Etienne back in 21. Jonathan Taylor back in 20 and Jameer Gibbs this year actually has a the same grade that Jonathan Taylor did Uh, and so I thought Jonathan Taylor should have been an end of the first round player he ends up sliding into the early second I think Jameer Gibbs probably goes in that range early second um, and and I think he's a pretty good value there. Uh, next up, you have J.K. Dobbins, Najee Harris, Kenneth Gainwell. And then you have two guys that I have ranked from this year's class that fall into that kind of bucket. And that is Tyje Spears from Tulane and Israel Abinakinda from Pitt. And I think both of those, you, you may not hear those guys ranked as like running back three and four in the class. Just something that I saw, some preferences that I have. Uh, next up on the list, we have DeAndre Swift, 
Javante Williams, Kenneth Walker, James Cook, Isaiah Spiller. And I actually have Roshan Johnson, the backup running back from Texas, uh, ranked right into that range, the James Cook, Isaiah Spiller. I think he could be something really interesting. Um, you know, I scrolled down the list on my historical rankings. It definitely has a big whiff, big whiffs, I should say. Uh, Brees Hall, I had a 74 grade on. Damian Pierce, a 72 uh, both from last year, of course, both had fantastic rookie years. Um, Hall's, of course, cut short by that ACL injury. But, you know, to me, this class has two really special backs. There's Bijan, there's Gibbs, who are very different, but I think the depth here is awesome. I I, I mentioned Roshan Johnson. Um, Kyle, I, I checked in with him. He has a cluster of Roshan Johnson, Kendra Miller, and Zach Charbonnet, uh, who all have like 77 or 78 grades. So this class definitely has some potential to have some really incredible running back talent in like that third and fourth round. And I think that's something that, you know, potentially the Packers could be looking for that third running back. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more at the end of the show. Now, uh, translating over to where the best running backs went to college. And so I picked out, you know, the top 10 running backs. Uh, Let me count. Nope, bad at math. Actually, the top 11 running backs, um, according to rushing yards this past season in the NFL. And that brought me to Josh Jacobs, Alabama. Derrick Henry, Alabama. Nick Chubb, Georgia. Saquon Barkley, Penn State. Miles Sanders, Penn State. Delvin Cook, Florida State. Christian McCaffrey, Stanford. Travis Etienne, Clemson. And then you get into Aaron Jones, UTEP, Jamal Williams, BYU, Kenneth Walker, Michigan State. So, you know, taking those top 11 rushers, we we can we can go by whatever metric you want. Like, feel free to add in Najee Harris, Alabama, Damian Pierce, Florida, Alvin Kamara, Tennessee, Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin, Tony Pollard, Memphis, Ezekiel, Ohio State. Go on, go forth. Add in whoever you want. The top of that list is all college blue bloods. And so there's a couple of conclusions I think you can draw from this. Number one, players who are top recruits at running back end up becoming the best draft prospects and pros in the NFL. So for instance, there's just a really natural transition at running back. The skills, the size, the speed, those kind of things translate really well from elite running backs in high school to elite running backs in college to elite running backs in the NFL. It could also mean, this is an and or, that playing behind a really good offensive line in college helps develop good traits that translate well to the NFL, like patience and vision, things that are really important. So, you know, there might be a glut of really great athletes that could become star running backs, but the best ones are going to develop because they're going to get the best coaching, they're going to get the best offensive line play, and they're going to have a chance to develop those skills into good habits that will lead to success in the NFL. I think both of those things could potentially be true, Um, and in some cases I think it might be one or the other, but it's something interesting to watch. And so what does this tell us? Well, I think the running back class this year is pretty good. Certainly the super high-end top talent, B. John Robinson. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to be a really good one. And there's going to be a lot of good quality depth. We see that running back a lot, um, but this year's class certainly no different. Then, what do we want to see out of the best running backs that went to college? Well, probably playing at a major program for the top-end talent is going to be really, really important. Uh, B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, certainly check that box. Now you get into the exceptions. So maybe if the Packers drafted you, like Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, 
those are kind of the outliers on this list. You could say maybe Christian McCaffrey with Stanford, um, but of course he was a really top-notch player, uh, great, you know, the NFL lineage and had a connection to Stanford. Um, but yeah, I mean, besides that, we have UTEP and BYU, which stick out like a sore thumb on this list. So you know, you get into those day three picks and maybe you can, can venture away from that a little bit. And uh, I think there's there's some lessons to be learned there about drafting, uh, whether we're talking quarterback, whether we're talking running back. How I wanted to close the show is just uh, how Kyle and I normally do, and that is talking about one draft prospect we watched this week that we learned a little bit about. And I actually mentioned this player already, uh, and that was running back Israel Abinaconda from Pittsburgh. And he just really, really stuck out to me. He was somebody that I, you know, didn't know much about. Hadn't probably, I can't remember the last time I saw a pit game. Um, so it was a really, really interesting watch. And it, he just absolutely, absolutely jumped out on tape to me. These are my notes. He's a big, physical, fast running back. He plays strong through contact. He has really, really good top-end speed. He's a former big-time track guy in high school, so that makes sense. Uh, He's not the most patient runner, and he'll have to stop trying to outspeed everybody in the NFL, but when he hits a hole, like, watch out. I put this in all caps, and I'm serious. Like, watch his, his highlight videos. He is running away from like even some of the top end talent that Pitt was playing. Like he he has a different gear. His lateral mobility is not as good as his straight line, but I'd consider it sufficient. He's a solid blocker, needs to commit to that a little bit more. His receiving is just okay, but there's reason for optimism um, that he can improve that aspect of his game. He's really young and he has a rare blend of size and speed. And you know those kind of things. I'm a traits guy. That's going to get me really excited. Here's the thing that should get the Packers really excited. Israel is 20 years old, so he's going to be one of those ultra young prospects. On tape, he makes other players look slow. Like he, uh, like I said, he just has a different gear. When he bursts through the line, he starts to pull away immediately, and he's going to offset some angles from defensive backs and he is not going to let players chase him down from behind like he is my running back four for now um but despite that i think based on the projections i'm seeing from other people he's probably a little bit more likely to get drafted in the fourth or fifth round but in my opinion he is the perfect player to have sit most of the year behind aaron jones and aj Dillon. And then potentially step into a big role for 2024. Give him time to develop a little bit in the passing game. Give him time to develop a little bit as a blocker. Let him learn behind a guy like Aaron Jones, who's so good at seeing the field. Help him improve his vision. And then if the Packers have to make a difficult decision where one of Jones or Dylan is gone, or maybe even both, uh, for 2024, they already have the heir apparent in the room, and he's somebody that I think can be really, really special. So those are the things I'm watching for. It's draft season, so I'm always kind of curious, how can I improve my process? What can we learn from history? And so taking a look back at the last four years, Taking a look back at where the elite players at each position are coming from helps us learn about what's coming next. I don't believe in setting hard and fast rules based on these things. Like, don't just draft a running back because they're from Alabama. But if they're really good, that might be something that we can point to and say, hey, even though Jameer Gibbs played behind a really good offensive line this year, guess what? Other running backs who have played behind really good offensive lines have made it 
and let's evaluate what he is on tape and not care so much that he has ultra talented players around him at all times. I think that helps us learn, that helps us get better as draft evaluators, and hopefully you took a little bit away from this conversation, but that is all the time that I have for today. This has been the Pack of Day Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew Mertig. Remember to also follow at Pack of Day Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what we're doing. This is a really big deal to us. It helps us continue to uh, be able to provide you with daily content and and the best that we can. So um, if you haven't subscribed, please go out and do that. If you haven't given us a a five-star rating, please consider doing it. I'd really appreciate it. Kyle will be back next week, uh, and you can catch him and I every single Friday. We're going to be back next week talking more off-season conversation. Maybe we'll have an update on the quarterback situation by then. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember...